Hello, welcome to Off Curve. I am Wicked Good, and I am talking to you about Hearthstone as I am driving home from work. It is Wednesday, January 8th, 2020. That is still not a real year, but we'll go with it anyway. That joke's not going to get old. I'm telling you. Uh, anyway, hi. So we got a bit of news today, so uh, probably good to talk about it. But before we get into uh, the discussion of the balance changes, the second set of balance changes in less than a month since... Um, since Descent of Dragons came out. Uh, we, we need to talk about Ladder. And, and uh, I ended up finishing, like, top 1,000 last month. I still am kind of in shock at that. I've been working on my game a lot, as, as we, I've been talking about on the show, and, and I guess it's paying off to, to some extent because I felt like I was doing better last month. I, even though I was really tired, especially on, like, the Monday... Um, the Monday after, after, um, Christmas and I came home from work and I was really tired. That was the day that I was too tired to do my stream and I wasn't feeling well. And I just kind of jammed games off stream and just like ripped off a nine game win streak with, uh, with Galakron Shaman. So I guess I talked about that in the last episode cause I recorded on new year's day. So, you know, that's where I ended up last month. And then this month, I was kind of bouncing around a little bit and, and just kind of trying some stuff. I'm doing THL again this season, so I'm trying to find a fourth deck. And um, Peltire and I agreed that we were going to do Handlock, and I was trying a couple lists, and they weren't really working. But I was trying to stick with it. And then uh, we stumbled upon the No Hands Gamer Galakron Shaman, which, I mean, I guess try it now <laughs> before the nerfs. I think it'll still be okay after the nerfs. But, and this, this thing, when you look at it at first, it looks like a pile of hot garbage, but it works really, really well. We, we cut the mountain giants for sacrificial packs. And like, we're, it is, it is the year 2020 and we are unironically running sacrificial pact in a deck and it's good. And I don't know what's happening, but you know, this is the timeline that we're living in. But we're basically running all the Galakron invokes. We're running... Um, you know, we're running some of the controlish cards like Dark Skies. We're running enough dragons to activate Nether Breath, and then we're running Dragon Queen Alexstrasza. And um, in the list that I'm I'm running, that's Tyler's version of it. We're running Zephyrus as well, just because you tend to draw through your deck with the the veiled. Um, oh, what the hell is they? What the hell is they called? The five four that draws you uh, three cards if you've invoked twice, and that that is generally live pretty quickly. And so you can draw through your deck pretty well, and then. You can act, you you often get to the bottom where you can activate like a Zephyrus or a Dragon Queen Alexstrasza, and you're just basically clearing the board, putting down your Galakron minions, and just trying to get a big Galakron and overwhelm them with value. And sometimes you you can get like a, a lethal with uh, Netherwing, with Crazy Netherwing and, and Nether Breaths. Sometimes you need a Zephyrus to to put you over the top. Sometimes you can just overwhelm them with value from the Dragon Queen Alexstrasza and the Galakron. But it, it's a really good deck. And uh, since I went to the Zephyrus list, I've, I've gone, been on, like, a tear. So Peltire sent this list to me on Sunday night, and I was, like, rank 5, 2 stars after spending most of the weekend just kind of bouncing around and not very doing very well. And as of today, I'm at rank 1, 3 stars. I'm hoping to be able to make a push tonight before the nerfs go. If not, I've got plenty of time. Um, so, but this deck is, is ridiculous. And if you learn how to play it, and you can just kind of space out your threats and your clears... You can do some work, and 
you know, it, it's kind of amazing to me. Like, I've been seeing more mirrors, and that's making it a little bit more difficult. But, like, other than, like, Galakron Warrior specifically, the deck really doesn't feel like it's weak against anything. Like, you have enough players to deal with the aggro. You have enough, um, you know, enough value to be able to deal with the mid-range decks. And the reason the sacrificial, sacrificial packs are in there is mainly because you have enough things that generate two demons that that's just five healing. And five healing often is just enough to to do whatever you need to do. And it has the bonus, if you happen to play against a zoo or against a, uh, a dragon handlock that's running the Abyssal Summoner, you get to remove a minion and heal for five, which is pretty cool. And most of the decks that I've been playing against have been other warlocks or pirate warriors at this point. So it's it's worked out really, really well. I, I like the sacrificial packs looked weird, but they work perfectly in the list. And, you know, I, I all hats off to No Hands Gamer to finding this thing. Because um, he cut Mountain Giants for it, which seemed ridiculous and, and, like, completely wrong at the time that I saw the tweet. But I played it, and it's just like, just keep winning. And, you know, not really sure why, but it, it works. So, the nerfs uh, aren't going to hurt too much. It's like the, I forget what the name of it is. Well, we'll talk about it in the, the nerf section. But the, um, the, the ritual goes from three to four. That doesn't really hurt it too much. Um, so you, you can generally, I think it'll still be good post nerf and it's worth learning right now. I think some flavor of, of warlock is going to be really good. I don't know if it's going to be this or it's going to be something else, but, uh, I would be learning a, a slower warlock right now if that's, uh, you know, to get ready for the new meta that's coming. Yeah. So we got word, um, on like Sunday night, I think that uh, for Mixar that they were working on a balance patch and we got the details of that today. We still don't know when this thing is going live. Um, he said this week, which basically means Thursday or Friday, and they don't generally push out patches on Fridays. And I would, I would imagine that they want to get this out before the qualifiers start this week, which would be Thursday night, our time, or our Eastern time, not our time. You may not be in the same time zone as I am, but like Thursday night, you know, Eastern time, I would imagine they would want to be getting that out. So I don't know when why they're being coy about it, but I'm sure this seems like it came together in a hurry, but the, uh, the nerfs are, they seem like they're trying to target some of the power of the decks. And, and I think that in general, a lot, I mean, I predicted a lot of these changes and I think that a lot of them are good on their own. I just don't know if they're going to do what, you know, uh, target what actually needs to change the meta, but let's get into it. So fiendish rights, which is the card that I couldn't remember the name of before is the, uh, three mana spell for, Warlock that is uh, summit that you know invoke Galakron and give all, all of your minions plus one attack. So that's fine. This is a powerful card. It probably ought to be four mana just because three mana for two two ones is uh, pretty that that's like landscaping, right? Except that it's way more flexible than that. So because it also ends up being like a little mini savage roar, like you pay you pay a lot more than that for um for that kind of effect so i think that making it for this is mainly targeting zoo uh it's it's not really going to affect like the mid-range galakron list too much i don't think because you generally don't want to play it on three anyway but for four mana that it's still fine and it's probably fair uh it does compete a little bit with um with the the with the maniac the the two two rush but I think that's okay. 
you're still going to play both of them and, and you know, they're going to do different things for you. So I don't think that that's a terribly harsh nerf to Warlock, but it probably did need a little something, especially because Warlock's going to be one of the better classes after all this. Um, Warrior has two changes, one to Galakron Warrior, one to Pirate Warrior. Um, Galakron Warrior is having Scion of Ruin, which is the three mana, three, two that spawns two copies of itself if you've invoked twice. That's going up to four mana. Uh, that's fine. This is still very playable at four. What it really does is a lot of the lists have been going basically trying to generate infinite scions of ruin and so what they'll do is they'll try to the on 10 mana they can go scion of ruin dragon breeder barista lynchin and so they get you get one copy in your hand from the dragon breeder and then you get three copies in your hand from the barista plus another dragon breeder that you get to do that all over again so what that'll do is that'll mean that you at least get a turn to react to that to remove the scions before they can they have to choose either barista or dragon breeder at that point and that's fair, and that, that card is, like, way, way too um, too strong. And also, the other thing that it does is it prevents you from being able to Galakrond and then immediately throw out three seven sixes. So that that's a good nerf. Scion is just a little bit too powerful. It'll still see play. Galakrond Warrior is going to be fine, but it'll, it'll kind of slow it down a little bit and make it a little bit more costly to play that card, which is good. Um, Ankar is going from 3 mana to 2 mana. Uh, no, sorry. That's not what it's doing at all. It's going from 3 durability to 2 durability. And I think that's a good nerf because, like, the the reason the Pirate Warrior is so freaking strong right now, I think we talked about this in the last episode, is that you just get to swing with it three times, draw three pirates out of your deck, and then one of those pirates is very likely to be Horde Pillager, and then you get to do it all over again. And what that removing the durability kind of takes two pirates off of that and it makes it less likely you're gonna you're gonna hit the horde pillager so i think that just makes it a little bit more fair and and anyway like a two three for three is a lot of stats for um for three mana so you know bringing it down to a two two having an effect really does make it a little bit more fair so as far as shaman is concerned Apparently four, four nerfs weren't enough because we needed a couple more and we did because the, the deck was still too good after people revised it um, from the first set of nerfs a couple weeks ago. So uh, Dragon's Pack is getting a, a nerf that the, the wolves are going to get a plus two plus two buff instead of a plus three plus three buff if you invoke twice. There's still going to be four fives. That's, that's good. I mean, five, six is just way too much. Like, five is a really big break point in terms of attack. Like, a lot of things have, like, five health. And, you know, not not a lot of things can do six damage. So getting them down to five health and four attack will, will actually make a big difference. Just, you know, these numbers seem like they're not a lot, but they, that actually does make a significant difference in terms of being able to clear. Like, Kronks will be able to clear it right? Like, an activated Kronks will be able to clear it, which is a big deal. And and also, like, they won't be able to use their own Kronks and leave the, the, the wolves alive. So, there's a lot of reasons that that's a good nerf and that's going to make a difference. It's still going to be a card that you're going to play, right? But I don't know if you're going to go so far as to be running, like, Electra Storm Surge and Archmage Vargoth just to get two sets of them. Maybe you do. Maybe you run one of them going forward. But you're not necessarily going to be able to use that as much of a win condition as you have been before. That's good, right? Like, it should be powerful, but fair. 
And Invocation of, of Frost is going from one mana to two mana. This is a really big deal. And the reason that this is a really big deal is because the more popular or the more the more effective versions of this deck have been running Spirit of the Frog. And the reason you run Spirit of the Frog is because you can run um, Mutate or now Zap and get a Frost. You get the Frost, you get a two-cost spell, you get a two-cost spell, you get a, a Farsight. The Farsight draws you a Hex and so on and so forth. And without having um, Invocation of Frost at that two cost um at that one cost slot it's going to make spirit of the frog a lot harder and it's also going to make it harder to do things like zentimo and zentimo invocation of frost which was just kind of a gross opening that's going to be one one mana slower um you're also just not going to be able to run the earthen mites along with the frost because that was really that's one of the things that really made it disgusting is you play a two one and then you'd immediately get a two cost spell that makes it a four three and that won't happen anymore like just and and then you're also going to have to find like other one cost spells to play and i haven't looked at the list but there aren't like you would generally run like earth shocks and, and invocation of frost and you know there's not like a whole lot that you want to be doing at one mana that's not going to overload you like you run you can run lightning bolts but then you start overloading yourself and you don't really want to be doing that in this sort of a list so i think that moving this to two mana is a really smart uh, nerf, and that will kind of help the power level of the Shaman a lot. Because Shaman was still too good even after all those nerfs. Um, as far as Rogue is concerned, Necrogram Apothecary is going from 4 mana to 5 mana. I've seen some people think that this is going to make a big difference. I, I don't... I don't super buy it. So, it, one thing it is going to do is it's going to mean you have to draw one more card. Which, in a deck that... It, it, with a card that is... Um, trying to draw specific cards out of your deck of which there are not many then that can make a difference but if you do if you do manage to dodge drawing both copies of whichever death powerful death rattle you're running it still is really powerful like i've seen people you know not be able to get an apothecary down till five or six and it's fine right because it's still drawing you the card out of your deck you're still being able to to potentially um activate the necrium blade to get it to go off you're still getting that copy in your hand that you can play afterward you can still get that for anka and then anka the one one version of it like there's still a lot you can do and i don't know how much that one turn really makes a difference aside from making it slightly more likely that you're going to draw the death rattles out of your deck i really would have liked to see them address the warbringer nerf especially because this is a card that has seen absolutely zero play, maybe outside, maybe in arena, but even in arena, it doesn't seem like it's particularly good because by the time that you can play it naturally, you've generally emptied your hand anyway. So I would have liked to see them nerf, bring the, the Warbringer buff down to plus two, plus two. Like we just talked about how significant that, um, that changes for Dragon's Pack. And it's just as significant when you're, when you're filling up your handful of chargers. Especially because this combo is not going away. Like, this combo is going to be with us for the next year and an year and change. So I really would have liked to see them address that, but hopefully this has the intended effect to make the Death Rattle versions of the deck a little bit less consistent. Because it just feels... I mean, if nothing else, it feels really bad. And and there were, are still very um, effective versions of Death Rattle Rogue that are hitting High Legend. I just saw yesterday... There was a, a Warbringer Death Rattle Rogue that hit, like, number three in Europe, I believe. 
number three legend in Europe. So like this is, uh, it, it's not a meme, and I don't I don't know if this is enough, but I hope that it is. And finally, Dragon Queen Alexstrasza is going to be changing, um, so that it can't generate itself anymore. Which thank you, like that's definitely like one of the less fun interactions is when Dragon Queen high high rolls and gets herself, and then you get another two free dragons like that just shouldn't happen like you know the two free dragons is is generally okay there's enough variance there but that high roll is way too high and so not being able to do that anymore is is a good thing and i'm glad that they're addressing that now you will get um you will get your dust back for all of these once the nerfs go live again as usual if your question is should i nerf should i dust this the answer is always yes because you can just recraft it if you don't spend the dust like especially in the in the case of Ankar and Dragon's Pack and I believe Scion of Ruin they're all epics so that's a significant amount of dust that you can put towards something else or just hold on to if it turns out that it's not going to be good I would be surprised if these cards don't continue to see play but you know if they don't you have the dust and you can't change your mind later once you know you don't have to remember to do it later you can always just hold on to the dust and not spend it and then and then recraft them if they turn out to be good so that that would be my usual advice for you as far as nerfs are concerned so what's left right so we know that galakron warrior and galakron shaman are probably going to take a hit it's unclear how big of a hit it's going to be, um, but they are going to take a little bit of a hit. Galakron Shaman should take a fairly significant hit. I think that it's going to take a while to figure out like what the optimal build is. We'll probably end up going back to Manatai Totems and see if that's good enough, because I, I imagine the Spirit of the Frog approach is probably not going to be as effective with the uh, with the Invocation of Frost going back up to two mana. Uh, so, what's what's left that's going to be able to capitalize on this? Hunter, of course is still here. Um, I know that Highlander Hunter has been kind of almost getting there. Sadisi's had a couple of experiments that have worked out fairly well. Um, Face Hunter is still a deck, has gotten some high legend finishes over the last couple of days. That is still a deck that you can play. Um, and you also, like the various Warlocks that are not Zoo are all very viable. The, the, the No Hands Gamer Galakron Warlock is good. Um, Dragon Handlock has been a deck that's been uh, very successful that you could look at. There's also this deck called Trashlock that Monsanto came up with that's basically a burn deck that behaves like a Handlock. So those are all decks that you should look at and should be fairly um, effective with whatever else is in the meta. And then, you know, there are also a couple of decks that were just not quite good enough with the Onslaught of Galakrons. Quest Priest is one that's been like almost there for a while so is highlander mage um so that those are things you can look at and there's a couple of like experiments that you that are worth keeping an eye on people have been refining cyclone mage uh board control hit legend with it early in the season and then a couple of people have been iterating on it and that could be a real deck it it needs to become a little bit more consistent but when it goes off it goes off hard and if it's not having to worry about just getting blown out, then maybe it's it's something that will be a little bit more more viable uh, post nerf. Uh, so, but Highlander Mage is of course a, a viable deck that people have gotten to high legend with that is 
um, a reasonable thing to look at as well. And then there have been a bunch of Druid experiments. Um, Quest Druid's been getting some experimentation again. That may be a little bit more viable once the, you know, once the, the Galakron power level comes down a little bit. Maybe Dragon Druid will be there. I, Tree and Druid I'm not sold on, but maybe it's possible. So there are a bunch of things that could benefit. Um, it, it, you may need to go back to like an Armorsmith version of Galakron Warrior just to deal with the Face Hunters if Face Hunter comes back. But we already know how to counter Face Hunter, so I would imagine that that will be kind of an immediate reaction just because Face Hunter is a good deck that isn't going to get touched and will be able to prey on the decks that are going to be a little bit slower and maybe take advantage of people who haven't realized that the nerfs have gone live. Um, but I would imagine that's going to get countered pretty quickly. The, the meta has reacted fairly swiftly to Face Hunter rearing its ugly head and, and has punished it pretty successfully. And I would imagine that would continue to be the case. So, you know, but I would I would be looking at Warlock if you want to get ahead of things. I would be looking at Highlander Mage. I'd be looking at some sort of Hunter. Um, those would be things that I'd be looking at. Maybe Druid. Uh, th those are all reasonable, reasonable things to start looking at. And... Um, you probably will not have a whole lot of time <laughs> because the, the nurse may very well be live by the time you hear this, but those are all viable things that you can look at. I think that, it, you know, again, Galakrom Warriors been kind of, and Shaman have been kind of crowding things out and, and just making things feel like, um, you know, feel like the, like your play doesn't matter when they, when they, when they get kind of the nut draws. So it'll be interesting to see what this, what this meta looks like. And I mean, if it isn't great well you only have a couple weeks before the adventure comes out anyway so this has been kind of a wild set in terms of just you know it used to be that we would go like three months before we get a meta change and now we're getting one like every two weeks and i think it's good but you know it's also kind of difficult to keep up with and it's turning this podcast into just like a meta news report more than anything else but you know we'll, we'll roll with it it's fine I do, I do want to just add one thing about the nerfs that they didn't do, and that's the nerfs to Galakrond itself. And, and this is one reason that if the nerfs are not effective, I think this is why. And it feels like Team 5's been kind of working around the problem, which is kind of the same thing they did with patches way back when, where they nerfed all the cards that were making patches good until they eventually just kind of gave... It took the charge away from patches and figured out that that was the problem. So here's here's my feeling on Galakrond. Outside of Priest, because we don't need to talk about that. But the rest of the classes all have a viable Galakrond deck. And I wouldn't say that they're all equally reliant on slamming a fully invoked Galakrond. Rogue certainly is not. But they're all extremely powerful and game-swinging when you play them. And it's way too easy to get the game-swingy version of the Galakrond, right? Like, the the idea, and we kind of, again, Hat and I kind of talked about this last week, but I want to go into it a little bit more, because my initial my initial hope for the this set of, of nerfs was that, my, my big hope was that they were going to increase the number of invokes you needed to upgrade a Galakrond to three. Knowing that they were unlikely to do that, my hope was that they were going to raise the Galakrons to 9 mana, and they didn't do that either. But the thing is, then we've talked extensively on this show about deck-building cha deck challenges that aren't challenges. We've talked about this with Gen and Baku, we've talked about this with Highlander decks, where you have so many cards, 
And a lot of them are kind of just preordained. Like, with a Galakron deck, you're putting all the invokes in. Like, it's happening. You don't need to think about that. That's like 10, 10, 12 cards you don't need to think about. And then you're only filling out the rest of your deck. And those cards are not bad, right? Like, most of the Galakron cards, outside of Priest, <laughs> are generally cards that are reasonable given the um, given the invoke effects that you're getting along with them, right? So, it's not like there's a big power loss to running the invokes, but you do need to run a lot of them that are generally on average underpowered compared to the rest of, your, of the cards you have at the time to choose from. But the thing is that the, the going from um, you know, base Galakron to level 2 Galakron to level 3 Galakron feels like, especially the level 3 Galakron where you get the 5-2 weapon, feels like it ought to be like the culmination of like something you've been working the whole game for, right? Like back when we had quests, forget Quest Rogue because that was the original quest, but something like a Taunt Warrior, right? Where you would spend all game trying to find all your taunts so you could upgrade your hero power, and, and then be able to start throwing fireballs, right? But that was a big investment. And it, it felt big because it was it took a lot of work to get there. You were playing a lot of crappy taunts in that deck. Um, like, same thing with, like, Quest Mage. Like, you were playing a lot of bad cards that, you know, to get this one turn, and then you needed to be able to figure out a way to capitalize on getting that extra turn. Here the cards are fine, they're not bad, and then you get this like overwhelming power swing um, with with most of the with most of the Galakrons. Like so Rogue getting four free cards is a big deal. You're never doing that. You're getting two even getting two free cards is a big deal. Rogue is the one that you're generally not trying to invoke all the way because you don't need to. Just getting two free cards is enough to kind of start a chain. But it's still very powerful. Like Warlock, I've been really amazed by how much the board matters. Like, that board of demons can fizzle. Like, there are some bad demons. Sometimes there are zero ones that you get, but that's why you run Sack Pact in the list. And, like, the demons, the boards that you get are generally okay. And then it's still a board that your opponent needs to deal with. And you also run Fiendish Right so you can pump up that board, and there, there's threats there too, along with the 5 2 weapon. Again, this is 10 face damage. So what this is saying is if you can fully invoke your Galakron and you're going to try to, then you only need to do 20 damage to win the game for the most part. Yes, taunts are a thing. Yes, healing is a thing. But but go with me here, right? You're getting this card for free, this, this weapon for free along with everything else. And you probably would play the card without the weapon anyway. That's the reason that I think the weapon probably needs to go just because, like, the you don't need the weapon. It's just... It's, it's like pouring salt in the wounds. But, like, that board matters. And that's a board that your opponent needs to deal with on top of the next board that you're going to make. And the next board, because you're always going to have two 1-1s on the board. That you can use to leverage with Faceless Corruptors or, you know, sacrificing them or Plague of Flames or whatever, right? Shaman we know about. Like, two 8-8 rushers is plenty of power. And then you get to get you hit get to hit your opponent in the face for five, and then for ten, and then you get to do it again because you have Shutterwalk in the deck. So you're effectively only need to do ten face damage over the course of the game to a, a deck that doesn't heal, because you're going to get that twenty damage through with the weapon, and you're probably going to be able to trade through whatever taunts they have. 
And then with Warrior, the way that the deck has evolved is it's using a lot of its invokes to go face, along with chargers, and then the four, the draw four will generally let you find a charger that you can interage and then Bloodsworn Mercenary. Plus, you get to, if you play it after seven, if you play it like on nine, you get to hero power and do eight damage with the swing from the weapon. Like, that's tw that's 24 damage. No. No, if you, if you do that twice, that's 16 damage. Sorry, math. That's 16 damage, again, just from the weapon, excluding everything else you're getting, just from the weapon, you're getting 16 damage to face if you if you time it out to, to run it with the hero powers, right? So I really would have liked to see them address this. Maybe it's taking away the weapon. Maybe it's making it cost nine mana so you can't hero power on the same turn. I'm talking to you, warrior. Um, maybe it's increasing the number of invokes, but I really do feel like the Galacrons need some attention. We've, we're, we're nerfing all these cards that are around the Galacrons, and those cards would be worse by default, if Galakrond was worse. So I'm I'm hopeful that these changes will make a difference, but I do fear that we may be back here in a month because these right now, like we have close to a thousand cards in the format, and this is the best thing that you can do in most of the classes. And the classes that don't have Galakrond are not good enough for the most part. So. And, and Warlock's coming into that group now, right? So if that's the case, again, as Hat and I talked about last time, then if this is the best thing you can do now, this will probably be the best thing that you can do once we have half these cards rotate out. And it's a problem. So I'm hoping that there's some sort of a plan for Galakrond. Maybe it's not now, maybe it's once rotation happens, I don't know. But I, I do feel like these cards are a little bit too strong and it gives you way too much incentive to fully upgrade when you really don't need that incentive. And then you could have some strategic conversations about like when do you go to two upgrade or four upgrade like you do with Rome. All right, so that's it. I'm sure we'll have another conversation about this once we're um, past the nerfs and we figure out what the meta looks like again. We'll have another conversation about that. Um, as always, you can find all the show notes for this show and every show at offcurve.com. You can also follow the show's account on Twitter at offcurve. You can follow my account on Twitter at wickedgood. Um, you can go to twitch.offcurve.com twitch, twitch to follow me on Twitch. I usually stream um, Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern for roughly about two hours until I get too tired and I start making misplays. So, um, and it's a really great community we have over there. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We've been getting a lot more people lately. I've been really appreciative, appreciative of that. So, you know, if you could, if you want to come by, we'd love to have you. You can also join the Discord at discord.offcurve.com. Same thing. We've got a nice, wonderful group of people there. It's very, you know, it's very active for the most part. It's chill. There's, we, we have a very low tolerance for toxicity. So uh, it's a friendly place to go and talk about the game. So you can come there as well. Um, if you are so inclined to leave a review on iTunes, I always appreciate those. If you are inclined to support the show with, with your monies, even better. Um, you can also find at offcurve.com the, um, the meta report that I do for, not the meta report, the meta dashboard that I do for the, um, for the Masters Tour qualifiers. I just added band data to the, the lineup win rate page. So that is uh, something that may be of interest to you if you're trying to qualify for a Masters Tour in Indonesia. So please do, do take a look at that. And um, yeah, that's everything. So, um, you know, enjoy the rest of this meta while you have it. 
enjoy the new metal once we get it and uh, be good to each other. We'll talk soon. Have a good one.